This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery, just like Leicester City this season. So the only thing left to say is, you win, order now on the McDonald's app. And you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 95% of Uber Eats orders are on time, which is great. Because when I want my spicy shrimp pad thai, I want it on time. Because, baby, there's no time like the present, especially when it's pad thai related. But on the off chance your order is late, Uber Eats will give you three months, $0 delivery fee with a free Uber One membership. On time, pad thai, baby. On time claim based on latest arrival time shown after order is placed. Offer ends 2 2023 Current Uber One members not eligible. Subscription will auto-renew at $9.99 each month, starting three months from initial enrollment. See Uber.com slash Uber One for terms. Benefits available only for eligible stores. Order minimums apply. Hello, Matt Elliott here. Hi, Alan Smith here. Hey guys, Ian Hume here. Hi everybody, Jerry Taggart here. Be sure to watch... Chris and Leicester Till I Die TV. For all the latest Leicester City news and information. You can also subscribe on YouTube and various social media channels. For the latest updates and news on Leicester City Football Club. Come on, you foxes! Happened in 49, 61, 63 or 69 when they reached the final. For the class of 2021 have delivered... Yeah. Do you know, I said before the game, I'd have taken a point. Uh, but one of those games where you say that 
and then at the end of it, you're thinking, we were robbed. Um, Rob, well, we'll come on to the VAR decision, I'm sure, talking with Brad in a second, but um, it could have gone either way, I suppose. It could have gone either way. What are your thoughts? Let us know. Man United won, Leicester City won. Um, watch us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and the YouTube channel, Leicester Till I Die TV. And if you're watching it on YouTube, please, please give us a subscribe, smash the likes, and share the video. And for listening to us, thanks very much. If you are listening, your favourite podcast platform, of which there are many, uh, it's just Leicester Till I Die. Thank you very much. And if you fancy a top like this, like that, with one of these on, or one fancy on the badge, get across to www.lestertillidie.com forward slash forward slash shop <laughs> and we've got all this available Dorco, good evening. How are you? Can't believe our winning goal got disallowed. Well, we'll, we'll, come, we'll certainly come on to that. We'll certainly come on to that. But somebody who, let's be honest with you, would <laughs> gladly take a draw when it comes to quizzes. <laughs> don't 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 mention Chloe. Whatever you do, don't mention the fact that Chloe beat him in a quiz. Oh, I think I just did, didn't I? Brad, good afternoon, sir. How are you? I, I'm I'm all right, thanks, mate. Uh, it's 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 been an interesting game to sit there and watch for the ninety six or seven minutes that, that we saw of it, and uh, in the end, in the end, it's it's kind of nice in a way. And it might sound weird saying, but it's kind of nice to go to Old Trafford, come away with a point, and sit here and be a bit frustrated that we mm, yeah. controversially robbed of potentially three points at Manchester United, but the context of it. I'm still happy with a point. I'm like you, Chris. I said very rightly in the predictions uh, show that uh, I'd be happy with a point, so I'll take it. And we've mm. got it. And that's another another fixture that Manchester United have struggled to, to well, have failed to beat Leicester in, in the Premier League. So it is now they are, they're four unbeaten, four unbeaten against us in the league, and five if you include the cup as well. So, you know, at the moment we are being their bogey team. Um, I thought. What? What? I mean, what do you think? First of all, when the, let's let's bring the um, starting details up. Let's just see if I can bring that up here for us. Um, lineups. There we go. He said. What did you think of our starting lineup there? Uh, I I thought it was spot on. I think you know, there are only two things that that could have changed from that lineup. Uh, potentially was a flip of a coin between Daka and, and Nacho, but we were always screaming for Nacho to get a start, and he didn't do a lot wrong in today's game for how he likes to, for how he plays. Uh, there was maybe a nice outside chance that Vardy was hit. That wasn't the case. He's not. 
he wasn't even mentioned in the subs as far as I'm aware of. No. And then no. it was all dependent on most Leicester fans waited with painted breath to see whether it was Evans was going to start and get the amount of time he did in his return and recovery, or was Amati going to get that, you know, leak that, that mm. role that he's held down for a while and be partnered with Five for Final and then Evans see out 75, 70 minute mark. Um, David Owen, too, I, I, I kind of had doubts might be someone different, but everyone else across the pitch is pretty much spot on what I expected the lineup to be. So I was happy with it, as I, as I have been for most of the season when I've seen it. Do you? I mean, it's the first time for Farner and Evans have played together since the FA Cup final, actually. But do you think Amati was a bit unlucky? Yeah, Not of course he is. I mean, it's, it really is Stubbs law. In, 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 a way, in a weird way, that goal probably summed up the pinnacle of Leicester's defensive woes this season because it, I don't think it matters if it's so. I, I saw some fans saying we should have got so much you want. No, I don't think it matters in that scenario. It was actually probably a bad Thing, you know, in, in the weirdest way possible, it was probably the worst timing he could have had to have been made that substitution. And there's nothing Brendan could do about it. We've had injury troubles all the season. Johnny Evans was only ever going to get 70, 75 yep. minutes at best. Agreed. Agreed. Um, you know, but the, 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 the time you are most vulnerable uh, is at, at conceding a goal is when you've just scored one. And that proved to yeah. be the case three minutes later, United were level. And it's easy for fans out there to go, oh, we should have held off on the sub. But if it had held off on the sub and then generally Evans starts limping and they got in through, you know, oh, yeah. Evans yeah. being pushed too hard, then we'd be moaning he kept having us too long. What I, what, Martin... I meant, what I meant more, though, to be honest with you, was a Marty and Lucky not to be starting. Uh, I, I, again, when you when you asked me about the lineup, I think he was one of them that neither, you know, Leicester fans wouldn't have minded either way. Obviously, mm. we would love to see Johnny Evans back. It's great to have him back in that. Uh, I will be able to, unless unless this lamp cuts out on me and I go into total darkness, might be able to do a little bit of a tactical analysis on it. I think you saw what we miss. Um, not at its greatest strength, you know. They've both mm. only they've both barely played a bit of football in recent times. You know, they've only both of them for Farno and Evans have only just come back. And Marty can feel a bit hard done by that he wasn't able to start the game. But you really did see the difference in in the comparison of Sionchu and and Amati in comparison to Evans and Fafana as as a centre back pair, and it, it it was very noticeable the difference in what they bring to the to the back line in, mm. in how they go about things. So it, it and it almost paid off. It almost came through with a clean sheet, and it's just unfortunate that. They managed to ride that momentum of Leicester making a change at the back, you know, get that burst from going a goal down and and, and got their goal from it. Yeah, um, yeah. in that sense. I, 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 I know what you're saying. And, and Evans, for me, it's great to have him back. He obviously has got the experience to bring to that back line. But I just think to drop a. If, if Marty hadn't been playing well, then fair enough. But he has been playing well. And I just, I just thought he, you know, he he deserved more from it. Uh, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. Um, but, I just, um, I just think again, and, and I'll touch on it more when it comes to that part because I'm going to have to do it on this notepad today. But I just think what you saw with Evans and, and for Farners, you've got Johnny Evans's experience is very well complemented by just how clever and how smart 
Fafana is at reading mm. the ball situation. The one thing they both bring that maybe Soyuncu and, and Marty needs need to add to their game to be more competitive for that starting lineup next season, unless there's an injury, instead of waiting on an injury to have their impact in there, is reading that situation. Because there were some points in that game that just when I I, I felt that maybe if that's a Marty or Soyuncu, Manchester United would have got in behind our back line. Today, they were clearing up. They were all seeing their mistakes. And I think maybe going away to Manchester United, who aren't granted in the greatest of form, um, you could argue the point just about benefits less than more, considering ours is more of a late dash. They really need to be winning all their games to try and stop Arsenal taking four. But I just think that maybe he wanted that security of someone who's going to be able to read that Manchester United back line, that experienced head. And unfortunately, as has been the case, unfortunately, for most of the time when he's played for Leicester and Marty, he took that back seat for it. Yeah. Um, yeah. For me, I, I don't disagree with Roger's decision. I think it's harsh on Marty, but I don't disagree mm. with Brendan's decision to, to, to revert back to evidence of the final. Yeah, we'll just go through some comments here. Rene, I'm all right, mate. How the devil are you, too? Um, Dorka, can anyone explain how it got disallowed? I'm sure Brad will come on to that later. Uh, ref and Ver the ref and Veron is a cheat, says Rene. Uh, Niall, good evening. How the devil are you? For me, that goal which was disallowed should have stood and don't care what anybody says or thinks. Vaughn's knee was in the road, uh, was in the road, was it not? I've got to be honest with you. Thanks for saying that, Niall. Uh, for those of you that don't know, no, Niall is he is a Man United fan, and it's nice for a Man United fan to be to, 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 to come on and say that. We will come on to it in more detail later, Niall, but uh, but uh, but thanks for, for uh, being honest with us there. Um, beyond the 90, good evening, Neil. How the devil are you, sir? Breaking VAR has demonetized this video because Leicester City FC played Man United. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, Dorco, Nacho was good, but Nacho and Daka could have been a lot better. I didn't see a point in bringing Dakar on at sort of 90 minutes or 89 minutes and two seconds, whatever it was, but there we go. Um, Verain did the split on his legs, but no one care. It should be 2-1. Um, was Soyuncu and Ricardo injury, or should it be rested as play on Thursday? Soyuncu was injured. I'm not sure about Ricardo. Facebook user Theatre of Dreams it's an uh, age back in the 80s toilet. <laughs> um, and Neil says again, Brad is on fire. Really well made points, mate. Agree 100%. This is only the beginning. We will get better from here. The signs are there. Uh, Rene, Scott needs that red card. I was so angry. Um, Ian Nippon, how the devil are you? Jordan, hello. You were top for a couple of hours. Hope you were. Um, I'm looking forward to next weekend. But back to our game. Um, just tell me, am I seeing something wrong here? I thought we were level on points with Aston Villa. Before yeah, we today. were. We, 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 they were both on 36, so we should go a point yeah. ahead of them. Well, both the Premier League website and the BBC is showing us on 39. Well, no, that would still be wrong because we had 36, didn't we? Yeah, so we should be on 37, I thought. Yeah, we should be on 37 and Villa should be on 36 and we should have moved up to ninth. We are ninth, yes, but they've got us on 39 points for some I'll take reason. it. I'll take it. I'll take it. Maybe VAR's just... You remember that game? I think it was 
you're going to kill me for this because you're going to think I only study this now. I think it was Brighton, Manchester United, where it was one all the players went off and then they get. I don't remember it funnily enough, Brad. I'm sure you remember it better. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I feel like maybe, you never know, Chris. Maybe, maybe VAR's made a late decision and Leicester have just scored a, a 173rd minute penalty or something. I don't know, because that's wrong, my man, so I'll take the two points. Yeah, maybe, or maybe VR's come out and said, look, we've had another look at it, and uh, <laughs> it was a goal. Um, yeah, it's now, yeah, I see, if you go on the Leicester Till I Die website, which is all the W's, com forward slash match hyphen centre, Leicester City, it shows on there, are on 37 points, which is what I thought it was. I thought I'm going, I thought it was going mad, but um, Premier yeah. League, Premier League, sort it out for God's sake. It is your thing, but hey, the match started. Uh, no Ronaldo, that was quite good news, yeah, it was. Uh, and I thought it was going to come a cropper to what they call the commentator's curse because Manchester United, thus far, when Ronaldo's not been in the squad, I don't know if that's when he's not been on the bench, come on, but. I think it's one of him he's been missing in his entirety. Yeah. Manchester United were have never won a game. So maybe that draw was already on the cards from, from the word go because it's very interesting. I, I I know that a lot of Manchester United fans are very frustrated with the concept that 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 both of them have come out and had to deny that there's a rift between them, but I just don't understand. Why go to all that effort to bring Ronaldo back home if just when you probably need to be getting the three points and you really need to be making a push? You know, it was it was kind of weird today listening to the game because it, it almost felt like even the commentators were stressing that how much more important this win was for Manchester United in, in, in their ambitions to still try and get cash. Great. Yeah. Game crash. <laughs> I'll get my words out eventually one day. That's easy, that's easy um, for you to say. <laughs> I know. I mean, they. I'm not saying the players that came off didn't deserve to come off, although I don't think anyone at Man United brought on particularly did anything brilliant. But you know, Leicester made their subs, and there wasn't no head scratching. You was you were just waiting today, wasn't you? I know it wasn't the case, but as a Man United fan, you could have understood if, if Ronaldo didn't start, if he was there to kind of go, okay, this isn't working, bang, he takes Pogba off, he puts Ronaldo yeah. on, and then it's a whole new ball game because you've got Ronaldo and and it kind of matched it because literally apart from them three minutes where we switched off after scoring, we we weren't that troubled in all fairness. No, I think no, Fernandez, yes, he had that one on one, but I don't remember Manchester United really troubling us. And I think mm. that may have been said the same for both teams. I don't remember De Gea having all much to do. So there was a lot of shots. Got... It was yeah. quite interesting because we did the watch along earlier uh, with Mike. And if I do, when I do the watch alongs now, I, I've got a deal with a company and um, they allow us to sort of show this sort of thing during the game. And, um, if I just bring it up here, and I know I know you're not a great stat fan, uh, Brad, but you know the shots on goal, it was virtually like one nil all time. Do you know what I mean? It was like neither goalkeeper had an awful lot to do. In fairness, um, but you look at that. I mean, there was eleven goal attempts each. Um, they had five shots on goal. We had three shots off target. 
was about the same. The whole thing, as you look at it down there, to be honest with you, is very much says draw. But I tell you the one thing that I was interested in: fouls. Have you seen that? Thirteen Man United fouls to six Leicester. I mean, it's no longer dirty Leeds; it's dirty Manchester United, isn't it? They were desperate for the point. They were they were more desperate in a weird in a weird way. While Leicester were were I, not this isn't a criticism on any performance by anyone at Leicester or saying that we didn't go out to try and win it. We did, but they were more desperate, and it it, it was a it was a good feeling because you can if you go, if you're telling me no matter what state they're in in terms of their form or how to form if you go to Manchester United you go to the Old Trafford ground. Yeah. And you see what's in front of you in terms of the quality they're able to put out. And I'm not, you know, our quality is not too far pressed from it. I'll, I'll be perfectly honest, especially with mm -hmm. what I saw today. And you put in a performance that not only do you get something from it, which we did, but you actually come away from that going, oh, we'll go on another day, another, another yeah. VAR. Maybe we come away with that with three points because I guarantee you, and I, I'd love to have heard Mike's opinion on it, on, on on the watch along uh, or if he's, if he's popping in chat at some point to ask him before anything gets said about the goal that wasn't given I just want to know if that's Paul Pogba or if that's Bruno Fernandes doing what Nacho did before laying it off to Rashford or whoever and they do that and Manchester United fans sitting there watching that going, oh, right, well, fair enough, yeah. Because if you're not, then get in the bin. You can't come at me saying that I think that was contentious getting ruled out. Yeah. We'll um, come on to that later, because obviously that was later on in, in the match. Um, the the thing, I mean, it was in fairness, generally overall, Brad, um, <laughs> Mike was was very very even. I mean, he he had rushed in, and but David, I hope you're well, sir. Um, you've had COVID. I hope you're feeling better. If not, get well soon, mate. It, it, it is a it is it is a bugger. Um, I'm just I'm just have a look here. Nil nil at half time. I say I'm just trying to think who was the um, sure was it Shaw that got booked or McTom McTominay wasn't it in the first half? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean. That was very close to being a red, wasn't it? Yeah, and look, I can see the arguments for both. The way I see it is there's a couple of things that save um, McTominay. And it's, again, it's another crucial point towards the slight leniency and bias that VAR seems to show. Two things that work for him. A, you can tell there's no malice to go in there. Um, yeah. B, the leg that is quite high is aimed and pointed in the direction that he's never going in with that leg he's just you know he, he, that's not in contention of going for the ball or anything it's just very high and second of all you know that wasn't checked by the referee and it wasn't magically that wasn't slowed down for a referee to look at like any actual tussle mm. was you know uh, I don't, again we'll touch on it later on but I'm not sure which commentary you had but it's funny how they thought nothing wrong with either of them until it was slowed down um, I didn't have any commentary on to be honest with you um, well so I, you know, I can't uh, I, I can't say on that but I mean you know it is funny that that wasn't referred to VAR and yet the other one was later but 
uh, nil nil at half time. Um, it was a pretty, probably wasn't the most exciting match. You only think it'll be first on match of the day. Um, it was, it was like literally two teams, but the, the overall performance, we, I thought we were, we, I felt we were comfortable and in control. And I don't think that we, I don't think we would have got that performance three or four weeks ago. <sighs> It, I mean, it's always hard to say, isn't it? But it was mm. a funny old game. It, maybe a few weeks ago, if it had been in between the Leeds and Burnley game, it might mm. have still got that, I reckon. Um, yeah, it was. And, and and in frustrating manner, it was just as comfortable to a point defensive-wise for us as it was for Manchester United. I think you're talking about two teams that, in, in their own way, uh, have had, seasons that aren't living up to maybe what was expected of them at the start mm. of the season. You know, Leicester being a bit higher up in that table, a couple of places higher challenger for that sixth, seventh spot. And Manchester United being again themselves a couple of places higher challenger for that top four spot. Uh but and, and the game sort of mi mirrored that, didn't it? Because Leicester looked comfortable on the ball, but you know, we didn't really like we said caused I hear too much for concern. We didn't really, you know, and, and that, that credit goes to Manchester United uh, as much mm. as it does anything else. We weren't really able to break them down as well. But then it was vice versa. You know, when Manchester United did have the ball, Leicester were very controlled and reshaping themselves. They were very controlled and getting men behind the ball. And in a way, and, and incidentally, where our goal eventually came from, and it seemed, you could see that was the plan for Brendan Rodgers, was Eventually, what happened was is when Manchester United tried to break out, uh, and it was that you know, like a basketball game, we yeah. inter we finally got an interception on a breakout and caught Manchester United cold. We moved that ball forward, and then, I mean, it was a great, it was a great interception by Yuri um, Tillemans. It was a great committed challenge for Kieran Drewsby all because that's basically if either of them get them wrong, that it's see you later down the tunnel. You miss the ball completely, yeah. taking out the man. Great challenge, is it? Then he makes the pass to Madison, and then it's a wonderful ball and a weird and wonderful finish by Ian Nacho, who yeah, hands yeah. up. I was starting to say, right, Nacho, can you please now at least score if you're going to come yeah. off? Because I've yeah. seen, I was hoping for Daffy to come on. Not that I mean, he yeah, like, wrong, like I say, we, yeah, we're, we're jumping ahead here with with uh, still at half time. <laughs> we'll we will come on to the goal later, but I mean. <sighs> At half time, were you happy with the performance, or would you have made any changes at that point? Um, I wouldn't personally. No, I was happy with it. Um, I was expecting of changes to come at some point in the second half, but I was fairly happy with it. They seemed fairly comfortable. A little bit of miscommunication down that left side at times, between whether a player should make the run or was holding the run, but. We've seen that all season, to be honest with you. At certain points, it's, it, it happens in games. I was fairly happy and comfortable with, with, with the situation uh, at half-time. I was happy for the same 11 to go out there again. It, it was almost like, the, and it carried on in the second half, and it's been like this most of the season, it's our final ball. We can't seem to get that fine. I think at one point we played about 30 passes, and then the 31st just ended up with the Man United player. But that said, that said, a, you know, a few weeks ago, 
four, three, four, five weeks ago, we wouldn't have been able to pass to each other. <laughs> we couldn't even do that. The signs are looking good at the right time, aren't they? Yeah, yeah they are. And again, I looked at the remainder of our fixtures as well. And in, in the grand scheme of things, we've got we've got Tottenham and Chelsea away. Then you look at the other eight, and you and you look at them and think that there is no reason why Leicester can't come away with a win from the majority of them games. So it's probably, it might in the long run benefit Leicester more, but it's one of the games where you just looked at it and felt it was a comfortable performance. Mm. It was very good to watch. But again, like you said, the problem that Manchester United seems to have is what we had is when we tried to pass our way through Manchester United, they had too many bodies in the way. Yeah. But, you know, sometimes that killer pass wasn't there and they were cutting it out. But also sometimes we couldn't get an attack started. It was the ball out and then the one thing then, and, and again, the reason why I was a bit miffed that we waited so long to get Dakar on, and again, it's not anything to do with Nacho's performance, it's the way he is as a striker. Yeah. Uh, to where it sits. The only problem we had sometimes is when we tried to quickly break away, we were getting the ball to just below the halfway line, and then all of a sudden we realised we'd get the ball to win the Acho. And, and, mm-hmm. and, and if that's our furthest man up at that point, that's a bit concerning. I, th- I think, again, didn't do anything wrong. Uh, great goal, but it's still required for me. The one thing I will say that maybe Brendan didn't do right was go, okay, now we've got the initiative. Let's get in behind them. They're going to chase the game. They need the three points. They're not going to be happy with one. Let's, because I think Nacho had a chance late on, didn't he, Chris? And you're just thinking if yeah. that's Daka taking it in his stride, he's away. He's away from it. And that's really, again, no discredit to Nacho. They're completely different in in, mm. in in terms of what they do as a striker but you're just thinking if he's on that pitch and he gets it under control we saw it infamously against Spartak when he scores four and we've seen him do it a few times this season it might be a different outcome it wasn't to be and it is what it is but overall you can't be disappointed at the end of it coming away no. from a point at Old Trafford I mean, we yeah, exactly, exactly and, and I could say this season <laughs> the way the season's panned out and I said, I alluded to it earlier. The players are coming back just at the right time. The the we, you know we, we're in the quarterfinals of Europe. Um, we'll look at the upcoming game games in a bit. But you know, we, this is when we want to. And I know we've you know Thomas has picked up an injury, but Castagna's back. You know, we seem to one in one out sort of thing. But at least we are getting, like you said, the first time for Fana and Evans have been together since the cup final just at the right time, because nobody else seems to be, you know, I know Wolves won today, but they, they, they've struggled, you know, they're, yeah. they're, they've not kept the form up. Villa, they lost today, obviously, to Wolves, but they're, they're not sort of going up. West Ham are dropping down slowly. Their early burst hasn't, hasn't continued. Southampton are. All these other teams are dropping off. Maybe, and I say that very cautiously, maybe, We've just got it right, and maybe it's, it's that we're going to make a late run. We're not going to get to the top four. Don't get me wrong, <coughs> Chelsea. But um, you know, we. What can I say? You know, I, I just think I say it, it. It could be coming together at the right time. Yeah, and and you know what the funniest thing is in in August. I think you were the main strong point for this as well, Chris. When it when when Leicester fans were getting a bit irritable at the start of the season. Mm. Uh, was maybe this is the season where it doesn't go as 
beautiful and brilliantly as it has done over the last two seasons, everything's coming up, Millhouse for Leicester. But maybe it's something that when Leicester overcome these obstacles of a Fafana injury, a, a Justin injury, a Ricardo return, a, you know, a Madison back on form and, and everything gets back. And Evans as well, um, you know, you, you probably were one of the first to, to allude to it that maybe this is the season where when that finally does return, like they like they all but have done the season. And again, of course, it's like we're playing sacrificial lambs, isn't it? Because we can't get them all back. We have to sacrifice a few players because we've not got Indeedy now for the season. Uh, you know, and like you said, we've got Luke Thomas who suffered an injury with the under twenty ones, which is a bit sod's law. But you may be seeing it, and maybe just maybe look, it might sound a bit far fetched. But you look at that league table now, and I believe Wolves uh, have played still three more games than us, have 48 points. So it's not out of the rounds of possibility. It's, yes, it's going to take an effort. Yes, we do have some difficult away trips to go to. And we still do have to play, I think, Villa uh, again. So that would be an interesting in, in one. But like I said, that what we will see over the next four or five games in all competitions, maybe a bit more because we've got two legs of the PSV games. If you if you say the next six games, including European Cup, you will then see where Leicester are at. Are they still fighting on all two fronts or will they then go, right, we're second, semi-final stage of a European competition. Yeah. We, you know, we're, you know, we're, you know, West Ham maybe win their game and have go 31 you know, go a couple, make that gap a bit bigger. We drop some points or there's going to come a point, isn't there, where Leicester either right in the competition to win both, that, yeah. that win both. You know what I mean? Like speaking, yeah. make guarantee Europe through their league and potential competition purposes, yeah. or yeah. we'll look at it and go six, seven point gap, probably not going to close that down in the last three or four games of the season. The eggs swing into one basket. We go to your, no... We'll have to wait and see. There's no consistency outside Man City and Liverpool no, at the top, and and Norwich. Although Norwich, I say they they managed to get a draw, but Norwich and Leeds have also got a draw um, that that were that were losing. Um, there isn't any consistency, so it could still we could still get that away. At what point they do say possession is ninety percent or something, don't they? Of the law. Yeah, I mean, you know, the Premier League is still showing us on 39. You ain't going to come and take that off us, you know. <laughs> no, we'll be there, all right. Oh, it'll go, it'll go away, Rich, good evening, Rich. How are you? He says, we were poor today. Now, I'm going to ask this because I was kind of, I was sort of look, looking at the things that were coming up while I was, when the match had finished and what have you, and... It started off, yes, uh, and I've got to give credit to to to, to Wreck It Ralph here that he actually did give us some credit and said, you know, you know, we we deserve the point, etc. But I noticed it was all about, oh, weren't Man United bad? Weren't Man United bad? But did Leicester not make Man United look bad? I think Manchester. Look, first of all, you know, it's not the fans' fault, um, but. Sky, Sky's Manchester United's love child, the Man City's love child, oh, yeah, the yeah. Arsenal's love child, the Spurs' love child. They're always going to be good or bad. They're always this going to be in fairness. Time. In fairness, when this wasn't actually Sky, but well, yeah. no, but still, my point is, is if, it, yeah. if it's on the telly, that network's going to favour them. But good or bad, they're going to be the majority of the talking point, no matter who they play, right? Unless they get outranked, 
mm-hmm. know, by each other, then more times out of ten it's going to be looked at what did they do wrong rather than what the opposition did right. And and again, I think both teams sort of mirrored, like I said earlier, mirrored what their season, how their seasons played out. Whilst whilst you look at the last four or five weeks and probably say Leicester are in better form, you know, yes, we have a loss to Rennes in that, but in terms of that, we overall we did enough to go through on aggregate against them. So it's still a momentum that Leicester were building up and Manchester United in different trying to you know Manchester United trying to take our crown of being consistently inconsistent. You know? Yeah. And they are was, having you know, the same sort of season as, as we are. Yeah. Um, but, but defensively um, they were sound today and so were Leicester. I think we mirrored each other in a mm. lot of ways. I don't necessarily think that Manchester United were poor in comparison to who they played, but I understand you're at home and that crowd I mean, I saw somebody on um, when I was funny enough when I was typing about our goal before I realised that Manchester United had equalised for the chance to press. Yeah, I was the I was the lad in yeah. the details of the website and 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 I could hear the cheer on the other screen from uh, yeah. from Mike. But, yes, but, but what got me is every the first time Maguire touched the ball, the only thing that the telecom thing or whatever you call it said was the Manchester United fans are at least cheering Maguire. And I'm sorry, but that stadium mic that I was listening to was good at picking up the crowd and 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 on the bench, right? Wherever they had these mm-hmm. mics positioned, um, and I didn't hear any cheering of Harry Maguire when he was on the ball. I think the only time I ever heard a cheering of Harry Maguire was right near the end of the game, where he was able to keep the ball under control and and he turned mm-hmm. um, whoever it was that was chasing him down in that final minute or two. Yeah. But apart from that, Manchester United. The expectancy weighed on them. You could tell the crowd weren't exactly happy with it. But Leicester have to be given credit for that because we kind yeah. of went, well, come at us then. If you're going to play this, OK, we'll sit back with eight men behind the ball and not allow you to do anything. Mm. I'm not allowed to play your game. And guess what? We're going to do the same to you. We're yeah. going to sit in a structured four, a back, a, you know, a back of four and a front of four. And we're going to allow you to get frustrated, not being able to get down either flight yes. with us yes. um, when, yeah. when you attack. Rich says here, we had decent attacking play, but no Ronaldo, Cavani, Martial, Greenwood, which we had at the start of the season. Mate, we're, we're the same. You know, every team can say this. You know, we, we can say, well, yeah, look where we are, but we've had no defence. You know, we've had yeah. nine defenders out. And I'm just talking defenders here. We've had 22 players out injured this season at some point. Nine of those of which were defenders. Uh, it does make a difference. Yes, indeed. Uh, I was surprised... I wouldn't say that you were necessarily bad. Um, and I think possibly a draw was, was possibly fair. But um, you were, yes, you were toothless in, in attack. I must admit, I don't think, you know, yeah, maybe you had a couple more shots on target. But you, you panicked just at the end. But it was a bit like you were throwing the kitchen sink at it at the end. Um, yeah. And, you know, who isn't off? Who isn't off the Liverpool Man City you know, it's a standard at the moment. Yeah, you know, that could be said for for everybody. It's 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 almost becoming a little like Rangers and Celtic. Dare I say it? You know, but but let wait, let's talk that. Let's talk the goal. We've, we've mentioned it a couple of times. Um, yeah, it was just, it was a lovely move, wasn't it? And and Nacho and I, I, I can't remember the gentleman's name, but I was when I was doing the, the watch along. There was somebody on the watch along that was giving. Um, in actual, a lot of, of you know pain, you know, because he wasn't playing well. And I'm thinking, and you've alluded to this uh, uh, earlier in the season as well, Brad. Would Vardy have got that 
hassle. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but oh, he didn't get the you know, he didn't get the service, and he didn't. It, Nacho had one of those games. They say was quiet, but when it popped up, he was there and he put it in. And I think sometimes we've got to give players other than you know our little favourites. We've got to give them a bit of time and a bit of credit. Yeah, I think you do a little bit, and I get a little bit tired of our fan base. Uh, sometimes, it, 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 with the greatest respect, when they will sit here and will say after a game, well, Vardy didn't get, only got four or five touches. Mm. And like you said, Chris, we'll all easily come out and go, oh, it's a service. You need to supply Vardy. He'll do it then, you know. Yeah. And even even to a point, you know, despite, and it's this baffle, this is what baffles me, right? And then this is me going against Graham being not being one for great for stats, right? But when you look at Pats and Dakar this season, considering he's never played in England, he's what, 22? Yeah. So he's been in England, what, six months? Mm. Six or seven months, if that. No, not even that, is it? He's, he's probably been in six months at most, not more than that, right? He's been in and out of that starting 11. He's picked up injuries himself, what niggly knocks have kept him out for two or three weeks. He's got a reasonable gold return for what he's for, for considering he's never played in this game and how quickly he's adapted to it. And mm. then you look at Ian Atro, who could play a completely different role. And again, I'll touch on it again just to remind people of the difference between Vardy, Ian Atro, and, and, and Daka as a strike force. But why is it, like you said, Chris, that when Ian Atro isn't running in behind? hanging off the last man like we used to see him with Vardy do it. Mm. Because we can't seem to grasp it, maybe, I don't know, maybe as fans we don't realise it, that you have different styles of strikers, that when Ian Atcho's not there and he's back defending, we're, we're going, oh, oh, well, why is he playing? If Vardy was doing it, no, you don't, you can't say that. You can't say that because Vardy would have been a good 10, 15 yards further up the field, hold, yeah. holding that last defender, and, and that's what he does. And even when we have seen Vardy get back, that's because he can compensate it with the, the, the pace he has to go forward with the ball and, and drive mm. with it. You know, we've seen it, that when he recovers the ball deep, he plays it out left to Barnes or, or, or you know, Justin or, or, mm. or Thomas or on the right to Lutman or Ricardo, etc. Whoever's out there, he spreads it out there too. And before the ball's reached their feet, he's in level or in front of them to receive the ball that's not nearly actual as a striker. He is a holding, he's a deep playing forward. Mm. And you, I think people need to understand what type of striker he actually is before we start to really criticise what he does on the football pitch. Because today, he scored a goal just like Vardy, snuck in round the back, got a good head on it. It was yeah. weird how he dived at it. Yes, yeah. It, it was very, Vardy has scored goals where he's tucked in behind the last defender, he's snicked his head on it, or he's volleyed it towards goal. I don't think he. I don't think that any three of the strikers would have done anything different in his goal situation. So when it was called upon, I actually think he did his job right in the in the dangerous areas. Yeah. Spencer, hello. We weren't brave enough today, he says. And I'm now to get a table up there, um, which will actually just show the true points that we are on. Um, thank you, Premier League, for saying 39. But uh, as you can see, it is 37 there. I mean, you know, we we, we lost the one game um, uh, to uh, to Arsenal, but apart from that, it, it's not been a bad bad uh, month or so. And 
you know, we, we, we did, we had done to us by Man United today, in fairness, what we've done to other teams this season a few times, which is nick a goal while we, you're still celebrating almost. Yeah, I mean, we ironically did do that to Manchester United at the King Power, didn't we? Just yes, they got themselves yeah. level. We Well, it was a bit quicker. You know, Manchester United need to learn to be a bit quicker in that sense. We did it in about 18 seconds. But still, you know, the, the emphasis was there. And it, and, and, and that fact is... And Brad has uh, is, frozen on... Oh, he's back. Oh, this fucking phone. It can't die me because I've got nothing to do with these streams with. It goes on me. What to say? No. What was this, what did you last hear, Chris? Uh, just start that bit again. I think is the easiest bit. <laughs> right, what were we saying? Because that's throwing me off, folks. It's poxy camera on this phone. Sorry, say um, it again, mate. Sorry. I, I'm, I'm trying to think. We're still oh, talking move, about move the... and bring it back if you remember. Because that's annoyed me. It's throwing me off. My fucking camera's doing me head in. Sorry, <laughs> mate. That's okay. Uh, he's not really swearing, children. Um... I'm speaking <laughs> French. <laughs> but. Um... Yeah, they hit us straight on the break, you know. I mean, it was, it was about two or three minutes afterwards and they got the goal back. Uh, and Marty, I can't blame him for that, you know. I mean, it's like, well, you can blame him, I suppose, but he's, you know, he's had more good performances than bad performances this season. But they, they, we, we should have been alert to that. Yeah, we should have. And again, it's just so cruel the way their goal was about because... Schmeichel was a bit flat-footed. Um, I'm not sure if he was expecting the original shot. I don't know. Uh, oh. I only caught a snippet of the replay, so I, I can't exactly see how the shot from where it was taken and what he had to do. But he seemed a bit oh. flat-footed. He didn't get enough purchase on it. And when you've just made a sub, it's not an excuse, but it happens, unfortunately, in football. It's just natural. We're all human beings. It's, he wasn't as alert to the situation as, say, an Evans or Fafana is in that situation. And it's unfortunate because Evans was the recovery of an injury. It wasn't like he was starting to knacker knack out or no, that. No. It was, we want to get him recovered. We want to make sure that if, if he's available for, you know, he's available for Tuesday, if we, if we can play him or mm. we can give him that rest so he can play against Palace next next time out in the Premier League. You know, he gets the loss, rest and recovery. Um, it's just odd, Lord, that what coincided with that was... Somebody who wasn't as fresh, wasn't as alert, wasn't quite with it, to be fair. And mm. again, looking from the way Schmeichel dived and what he got on it, Schmeichel probably does actually take a little bit of blame. I know, mm. I know, the goalkeeper's committee here, striking down a goalkeeper, I shall be, I shall be cursed for my sins in the goalkeeping community. But that's very, Schmeichel saying from Bruno Fernandes tells you that he likes to at least get a good oomph yeah. behind it if he's not able to control the ball and, and, and save it properly uh, yeah. or pounce on it. And it was just one of them, unfortunately. Rich, I've got to, I don't know whether you are still in here, Rich, but this is something I heard before um, the game uh, on one of the um, channels. And I was watching for it. Is there anybody in the Premier League that is a bigger winger than Bruno Fernandes? Mares. No, I don't think he is. I, 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 don't, know. I, I don't know. Mares was a winger before VAR and before the cameras were on him. Like the Art Man City, I would still argue that whiny little snot nose. 
who's, who, who want, whose dream move was to go to Manchester City because he thought it was good enough. And then there's been Marley ever since that Man City. I'd still profess that them two, it'd be, it'd be a good fight. Yes, it would. It would. Point, it would probably have to go to the for it. But it would yeah, probably have to go to the to the to the judges, <laughs> but yeah. uh, points decision. But oh my god, yes, he does. Um, I mean, I must admit, in fairness, again, um, uh, 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 Mike agreed with me. Um, let, 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 we had to get to it. It should have been two one. Um, the referee was in in the right position, I thought, in a very good position, and he, to be honest, sent. I mean, as soon as they go to the monitor, you know what's going to happen, don't you? Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it's a sad thing that you should and know. I guess had that been the other way at the other end, would I be screaming for it? I guess I would. I guess I would, but. I- you know, give, no, no, no. Give me, give me. I mean, say, give me your opinion because I, I, I'm kind of torn. Overall, I think it should have been, it should have been given. But this is, you know, we live in the VAR age, don't we? What, what, what? There's, there's a few things that get me right, and this is, this is the instance, right? But I, I obviously, I think the stream I was watching was the live. One that, that everybody will listen to it to today right. with the commentators I have. Um, when they look back at the VAR, right, for the McTominay slide tackle, the challenge, right, mm-hmm. not once was a replay shown to us back home that apparently we're getting the same, you know, we're apparently we're getting relayed the same thing that VAR are looking at. Not once did they slow that down to look at it and make it look worse than what it was. Right mm. now, I'm not arguing whether it was a red card or, or not. Some might say they think it was red. Some might say if it was a red card, it would have been soft to give it. I agree that it was at least definitely a yellow. Um, here's my thing. This is a, this is quote unquote from I think Matt Holland was my commentator. I could be wrong. It would be someone else, and mm. someone will correct me. But when they watched the goal, the, the replay back of the Inacho and, and, and Madison link up the goal. Nothing wrong with it. Nothing wrong with it. No, can't see why that why that would get stopped. Then the second it went to VAR, we're showing a slow down replay that makes everything look ten times worse. And the referee was never showing an in play decision. Now for me, VAR is for clear and obvious. In live play, was there a clear and obvious mistake made by the referee? No. Learn your Fucking rules. Stop making a mockery of the technology and trying to lay the blame on that. The technology doesn't come out with a virtual whistle. It's some idiot behind it. Mm. How can we how can the referee on the pitch didn't get told? Right? Consistency is key, they say, don't they? Won't be consistent. Okay. If you don't feel that he needs to go to the monitor to check the McTominay foul, fine. Stick with his decision. If you feel that he doesn't need to go and watch it, let him see it how you can see it in real life. You saw it live and went, hmm, maybe there's something he looks at. I think sometimes we're so desperate to have a controversial decision in this sport that we will slow things down and angle it to the point where it looks contentious and looks worse than it is. Because I don't believe for a second that that if we use the technology correctly and how we're supposed to use it, that VAR of anybody, and like I, I would, Refer any Manchester United fan that's listening to us now to go back and listen to what I said earlier. 
if that even if that's Bruno Fernandez or Paul Pogba, I'm, I'm saying the same. If the referee doesn't see that as a foul, and the other referee sees that as that referee would have seen it on the pitch and goes, no, fair enough, right? It is not clear and obvious. Did it bounce up and it's it in the actual hand? No. If it does that, then yeah, fair dues. Right? It's handball. He might not have seen that. You couldn't even excuse that. That, for me, would have been wrong at either end of the pitch. Because I was it, is, it, it is, like you say, it's this clear and obvious. And I, and I take us back to Niall's comment from earlier. And I say, in great respect to Niall for saying this as a Man United fan. And Mike kind of alluded to it, you know, in the, uh, in the excitement of him not going 2-1 down. Um, the goal that was just allowed should have stood. Don't care what anybody says or thinks. Varane's knee was in the road, was it not? I think he's in the he way. He looks up probably. at him as well. He looks yeah. up at him, and yeah. he's the only one that was complaining. No other Manchester United player until Varane went like that at the ref, as if to go, I was laying down. I didn't bother to move out of his way. I could have moved out of his way, or I could have kicked the ball away so he didn't get the ball. Yeah. But instead, yeah. I'm looking at you to go, please help me with your assistance of the technological world. It's just, I don't get it. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you you say we're bored of the same argument, though, mate, aren't we? We all are. Every fan of football is bored of the same argument. Yes. It's not technology; it's incompetent yes. refereeing. Yeah. Or, or we used that we used to have this conversation after every game about um, referees. Now we're having it about VAR. For me, VAR is good, but uh, it doesn't work with the rules as we've got them at the moment. Give the, the cast rules of, of football and technology, mate. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. The rules at football make a very simple game difficult. Uh -huh. You could play that game with maybe 20 rules, you know. They do make it, they've made it too, too difficult, and it just doesn't fit with, in my opinion, I say, you know, the rules and VAR don't go together. And I think that's that's the problem. But look, let's move on from VAR. I know you haven't got your board. Uh yeah. yeah. Rest Today. in peace, my tactical board. Yeah, you, you, you probably threw it, you threw it at the wall when Ren scored, didn't you? I know, I know. But you've got, I think, something there, pad and paper. So we're going to go over. We're going to have his Brad's tactical analysis without his board, and we'll be back to listen to that straight after this. Oh. Indeed. Right. Over to you, Brad. Cheers, Chris. Well, it's going to be a bit weird for me today because rest in peace to my uh, board, Mark, before we start. Uh, unfortunately, it got crushed in the redecoration process when we moved things around. So it's a notepad of, of joy today is what I call it. And I just want to start by talking about our defensive line when Manchester United were coming at us. I have tried to put names on there. I'm sorry if you can't read it in this light. Let me see if I can sort. See, I'm having a disco. I'm having a disco. No, it won't stretch any further than what it is. Unfortunately, I can't. So I'm going to have to do my best with saying the names for you. Sorry, I can't keep this still. Uh, I will figure something out for future weeks. But Leicester had uh, a vibrant free. And that was held. And I've, I've only done one side to make it easy for myself. But when Manchester United say we're attacking down the right, uh, or the left-hand side of it. The wing-back, uh, the predominant centre-back on that side, so in this case it was Fafana, uh, were, were slightly 
pushed forward from what would be a normal defensive line, which was held by the other centre-back, in this case, is Evans. So the defensive three line, when Manchester United were, were coming down the right, they were trying to come down the right flank, or they were trying to cut into the middle, or they were going to go across and spread the play. How Leicester dealt with it. They basically used this to cover all three bases, because if they tried to come across the play and switch it over, or they maybe tried a little cheeky indent in play, you either had Fafana there to read the danger, or you had Evans, and this is what we missed by Evans, and I'll get onto that in a second, but you had Evans there to potentially cut that out uh, at some point and, and make the blocking, or he'd be stepping up for if a Manchester United player was to receive the ball here, he was already then facing them and ready for them to come at him. Um, knowing he had Fafana behind him, who obviously then would have came into that role to fill it. And if they tried to attack through the middle, even if they managed to slip a nice early pass into uh, Fred or, you know, or, or Scott Tomlin or Bruno Fernandes, uh, they had Mendy then was instantly pressing or Yuri Tillemans. And if they tried to go either side of them, they were either met by Fafana, if they tried to go left, he would cut it out. Uh, and if they tried to press in here, Castagne would either go towards them there or would press them up the line, which then allowed Fafana to track back and sit in this gap here if they if they tried to press directly down the line. And it allowed Mendy then to take up a position to cut out a gap where if they still pressed down the line and decided to go across our box, Mendy was there to cover it. And that worked, worked on both sides. Uh, in comparison today, um, I know it was quite unfortunate that uh, a sub led to the goal. But here's here's what I say is the main difference between the top half, which is Evans and Fana, and the bottom half, which is Kagelson, Kagelson, and Marty as our centre back pairing. So here's the, the here's here's how I'm comparing them. What we've what we've had for the last seven or eight weeks, when notably fit, is uh, is Soyuncu and Amati down here. They've been very rigid. They've been very flat in their holding defensive line, and they've both they've both pushed forward, or both have gone very deep to sit back um, and be that last line of defence when needs to be. It's quite rigid, and it does hold up that square area. But they're, they're, they're very, they are very much less expressive. They operate in this area here. They don't really go outside the means of it. They either drop back deep to give a little nice, easy five-yard pass for Schmeichel, or they're looking forward, and then they're looking for, well, what it will be for the rest of the season. They're looking for a Mendy, a Yori, a Dewsbury Hall, or they're looking for the wing-backs. That's where they're looking to go, and then they're spreading the pass. They're not really being too adventurous. And what you get in comparison to that with Evans and Fafana is you get Fafana will be the one that pushes more forward. And then Evans will just kind of circle, circle around this area um, where he'll either sit a little deeper and hold the line. He will drift over to whichever side needs a gap fill in. So he might he might go a little bit more inwards towards Fafana, or he might spread out just a little bit to um, to give Fafana space, or he'll stay 
on that holding line in and around that area. He'll stay there to either, if if a pass is then misplaced or the final loses the ball and Manchester United try to make a killer pass in between our back line, which under under uh, under the structure of a Martin Sonchu, teams over the recent weeks were able to do. That's how they were able to get in behind it. With these two kind of mixing and matching, depending on which one was in charge of the clear of, of the push out from defence, you know, Evans was the notable one to do it. He was either straight there, alert to read the ball and putting it out for throwing, a bit no nonsense, or he was able to then be that steady line, put the pressure on the attacker and allow Leicester to regroup because he was holding up and stalling the Manchester United play. So, I said I'd talk about it, if I can remember what page it's on. And this is why I want to cut Nacho a little bit of slack. I'm going to try and do this for you as best I can. I do apologise in the way it is. But I'm going to give you a comparison of strikers. So the first one I'm going to do right here is Jamie Vardy. I was hoping that the words would show up a bit clearer. Do apologise. Let's see if that camera might help out a little bit, being a bit nearer. So Vardy here, if this is the halfway line where they all sit, you normally find that Nacho sat already in his natural, natural position. He's normally operating between there. And if we say this line here is the edge of the box, He's normally operating between there and there. And then, obviously, that's his line of movement. He doesn't really come to too much deeper. And in what I call an instant play and movement, and by that what I mean is where does he first initially make contact with the, with the attack and where is he influencing it from? It's either from a deep, deep receiver of the ball, so he's able to spray a pass off and turn and go to move forward in line with the attack, or he shuffles his way forward and picks it up in and around to the edge of the box so he can then, again, do essentially what he's doing there, but 10, 15 yards up the pitch, and that's maybe find a Harvey Barnes, do what he did legally, illegally apparently, even though I beg to differ, find Madison running through, or what he has shown he can do on occasion, he turns, nudges the ball past the uh, defender and tries to create a space for himself to have a go at goal. And that's really what we should expect and have seen from Nacho when he does it. And the reason it may seem to frustrate people is because when Leicester did try and break away today, they did not have a Vardy or a Daka, who are two very similar styles of players, as we have come to learn. Very quick, very much very like to hold the defensive line. And this is where they mainly see the interaction with the football first in the stage of the attack. And what I mean by that is they normally sit there on the defensive line at the edge of the box and they will wait for them balls, coincidentally, whether it's from an Iacho or a Tillemans, you know, Dewsbury Hall or, or Barnes or Castagne. They know, he normally gets given six options that will play a ball through to him in any way, shape or form, either directly through to him, just round the side or left of him or whipped in crosses from the left and the right. Either way, he gets that service given to him because he's the front line. He's got the pace. Same with Daka. Same exact thing. He gets the Daka gets the same six options, uh, four to six options to him to play a ball into because he plays such a high line. And the difference is, is Daka's very new to this league. He's still adapting. So whilst Brendan's getting to concentrate on what he can do on the game, what Daka's also now learning to do 
is that is also the line which all three strikers have in common is they are to deal with the press the press wherever it is on that defensive third when they lose the ball uh, and and the opposition is trying to play that ball out from the back that's how how far they hold that pressing line Daka, however is just becoming accustomed to starting to do what Vardy does which is drop back Something that Vardy does that the other two can't do, although Dakar will, you'd assume, with the pace he's got and learn to do over the next coming months and hopefully through pre-season, is Dakar gets the ball here and he's a bit clumsy and that's where Dakar's weakest point is. When he's having to do the Nacho roll and come short to receive the ball, he hasn't quite figured it. Sometimes he, he doesn't play the right ball backwards to then get on his bike and go. He's a bit hesitant. Sometimes he plays the wrong pass out wide so that when he does get forward, because it's had to be recovered or, or, or recycled, he's not read the pass, hasn't gone well, and he's found himself out of position. One thing that Vardy, the veteran that he is and the, and the, and the expert footballer that he is and one of the best of the Premier League's ever seen is, Vardy can come deep and looks like he gets more of it and, and, and that because he can get the ball and before he's played that pass out wide to Barnes or to Castagne or that, before that ball's even reached Ricardo Castagne or Barnes or Thomas, he's already into that defensive press line. And that's something that you will not get from Dakar and Iniacho, uh, and you'll never get it from Iniacho at this point, because he's his role is to help out the midfield, be, a, be the first cog potentially in the breakaway, and then as that pressing unit come forward, whereas Vardy and, and Dakar, it's to end the, the press movement more than it is that. So, yeah, Chris. You've muted, I'm mate. Because or... I muted my mic while you were talking and <laughs> forgot to turn it on. Um, <laughs> hey, Chris and Brad, good evening, Static, how are you? I was saying great, um, great analysis as always, Brad. Thank you very much. And well done, well done with your, your, your paper and your pen. Um, yeah, yeah, thanks, mate. I, I, I prefer to use toilet paper to work it out, but whatever turns you on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Static says, yeah, well done, Lester. It's a good result. It's a shame you couldn't win, but well done. Yeah, well, we did what we could for you. Uh, you can't rely on others. You've got to go and get fourth place yourself. Uh, i tell you what, um, Mike thinks fourth place has gone now. He thought it was definitely gone when it was 2-1 to Leicester. He thinks it, is, it has gone 100% now. But let's have a look, and, and I'm loving this, because I say there's, there's a bit more that we can... Um, <laughs> yes, toilet paper, indeed. Um, let's have a look at what the papers are saying. Um, the Manchester Evening News, unsurprisingly, is going with the greatest of all time, Manchester United fans... Hail Fred after another key goal. Um, all right, don't don't get don't get too excited, guys. <laughs> you know, it was yeah, uh, God, God. Fred yeah. remembers his Brazilian once every seven hundred games, and he's he's a god amongst men. That's some tragic riding yeah. for them, and that's what we can come up with after that performance. Uh, the Metro say Leicester star James Madison takes swipe at Man United star over disallowed goal. Um, 
And the Independent says, Fred to rescue as Manchester United struggle against lively Leicester. That's the sort of headline we want to see. Well done to the Independent. Yeah. Uh, Team Talk, Gary Neville tells foolish Man United that copying Man City tactics with Fernandes is destined for failure. And the Daily Mail, um, Man United's abject draw with Leicester was painless for Harry Maguire. Painless, I suppose. He didn't do anything wrong for this game, at least, did he? Um, no, he didn't. Leicester about him the better. Yes. Uh, Mendy went off and Chowdhury came on injured. Um, I thought Mendy had a decent game. Yeah, I, I think he's... Uh, there was a couple of comments that made the same points that expressed what I feel about Mendy. And I, I mentioned it to you, uh, that goal against Brentford. You know, mm. he is actually somebody that I all of a sudden... And, you know, I can accept, you know, Tillman's going to like a Barcelona and a Real Madrid, but nowhere in the Premiership. But I can, I can almost look at... Mendy now and think oh, get his contract sorted because yeah I tell you what he was busy today and I, I know some I know when indeed he's played we said sometimes it's better we don't hear his name because it means we're doing all right it wasn't because we were doing bad but he was very good at reading it he was hustling and bustling and for a small guy I mean he stands out on the pitch as like the little you know you thought like a kid had run out he looked like he had a shirt the size too big for him and he yeah. run around everywhere. But he's going to, he, he plays so beautiful and so elegant in his passing. It, it, he really is someone that, yeah, we've said it before this season about Amati, but if you're talking underappreciated, given a calmest personified, you know, performance, yeah. I, I, I'm hoping that's not a, an injury and that's just, a, for God's sake, let's have some caution to the wind, given Indeedy's yeah. situation, because... He did not look out of place again in a Leicester no. shirt doing his job. I mean, you, we, we, we forget, we forget. He he was at one point our most expensive signing, and I think, I mean, I've I've made the point before now. You know, indeed, he is the best tackler probably in the Premier League, but his distribution isn't particularly good. Now, for me, Mendy isn't quite as good at the tackling as um, Indeedy, but his distribution is a lot better. And I think Indeedy gets away with it because he's got Barnes, Madison, Tillemans around him. Uh, just, just my thought, just my thought. Um, I've just got um, the, the, the match um, report through here from Brian uh, on www.lestertillidie.com forward slash mash match hyphen center um and he has um he said it was two points dropped against the poor united team um so i i kind of uh see what he's getting at but let's have a look at the performance and and uh alan who gives his uh his opinion as soon as he comes out um of the match, there we go. So he's gone for man of the match, Wesley Fafana, which, to be honest with you, so has uh, Brian Langston, and he's gone nine for the team and nine for the manager. And I, I kind of get what he's. Uh, Brendan did nothing wrong. He picked a good, strong team. We we went punch for punch with Man United. You know, we didn't, we weren't, under, you know, as much as occasionally they were all at us, there was occasions when we were all over them. Um, you know, it was like two two heavyweight fighters going against each other. I think they're probably fair, fair results. To go to Man United in any season and get a draw, I think it des deserves some credit. 
Yeah, I think it always does. And I've always said, regardless of what's going on, you go to Manchester United, and look, I know they lost to Watford. Uh, it was different manager. It was a different state of mind. Yeah. Um, and sometimes you do have them results in football. And on another day, maybe we get that decision. You know, maybe maybe um, that goal isn't chalked off. And, you know, maybe we get the three points that we might have felt we just about edged. But if mm. you look at the context, until, you know, last season was the first time that Leicester had won at uh, Old Trafford since 98 when Tony Cotty scored. Yep. Yep. And the fact is, if you take out the bad points of this season in terms of being in that bottom half, you know, of the table for the majority of, mm. of that first half of the season, I know we're in a better place now in terms of where we are in, in, in the league um, compared to where we were five or six weeks ago. But if you look at it as a way of looking at progress, Yes, we got beat by Chelsea. Yes, we got beat by Spurs and Arsenal. And and obviously, we had them defeat to Man City. But we've not always had them bad results against them. Now we've now not lost five games in all competitions against Manchester United. And that yeah. is something, you know, results of any kind against Manchester United came at a premium for us. We were doing backflips if we'd have drawn when we drew probably to all in 99 against them at home when, when that happened. So now, see, we're getting positive results of Manchester United on a very consistent basis. And the rest of the big six, we're still doing well more times than not against them. Yes, yeah. it's, it's good to see that we've still managed that at times. I, I, I think I want to apply uh, American logic to this because you know, if anybody remembers the the famous uh, American newspaper title when um, I think America drew 1-1 with us in a, in a World Cup, and of course we've got them coming up again, uh, was that Leicester won 1-1. One, one. <laughs> so if applying that logic, uh, yeah. yeah, I think I think Fafana deserves it. And I think as a 9-9, nine and a nine, you, you, you did, like you say, we would have taken that at the start of the game. And I don't care... If you're honest with yourself, yes, you would. But um, yeah, definitely. Here we go. And shall we make the day even better? There's only oh, one boy. way. There's only one way we can make the day really better. It's time for the Daily Spurs. Yes, how long since Spurs have won a trophy? Well, Tottenham fans, it's 14 years, 33 days, 4 hours, 9 minutes and 17 seconds. And it's just getting longer and longer and longer, Spurs. But uh, And if Man United actually do not win anything this season, which, I mean, I don't think they're going to, but uh, you never know. But if they don't win anything this season, that's five years in a row they've not won a trophy. Oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. Brad, as always, sir, thank you so much. No worries, buddy. Enjoy it as always. Uh, and and I do apologize about the quiz. You know, you, you were just has she forgotten about it yet? No, of course she's not. <laughs> I won't be surprised. Every time she... you ring her, is it hello loser? <laughs> 
I was, it was like that before. So, what was it? Uh, Very nice. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. No, she, she's been, she's been, she's been somewhat gracious in defeat. So I'll, I'll wait for that to backfire on me. Yes, yeah. Um, you have to get your own back when we do the other version. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll probably no, no, not my lucky quizzes, mate. I'll probably still lose that. That's just fair. remember it was your idea. Look, Brad, yeah, thanks hello, so much, again, pro proven that it just seems to be a kink of mine taking on people <laughs> in quizzes and losing because I. I, I I enjoy it, apparently. You enjoy, you enjoy losing. I'm getting worried about you. Look, mate, you started a new podcast. I know we've mentioned it on different shows. Just give us an update about that and, and where people can find you and what you're doing. Yeah, so if you first of all, if you just follow me uh, at Full Time Focus on Twitter, that's where you'll follow anything I do, um, especially on here, uh, Less Till I Die. But I'll start, I'm starting a new podcast. There is an intro video that's up. I'm looking if everybody that I've got on for the subject matter available should be at least recording an episode by by this week coming up. It's called A Matter of Opinion. The link is in my Twitter bio, so if you just follow me on that and click on it, that's where you find it. It is exactly what it says on the tin. It's where I have as, as many or as little guests on that I can get for the for the subject choice of the matter. The first one is DC versus Marvel, uh, and the guests that will be coming on uh, I'm hoping are Reese, Doug and Chloe, and it'll be basically them three giving their opinion of which one they think is better. Um, so, yeah. Why, why don't you just ask Chloe now? Because you know, well, you know, <laughs> you know she's going to win and you're not going to argue with her. <laughs> no, but the, that's the thing. There is no winning or losing on here. Like, there's no right or wrong answer. I, I, I always mm. had the idea to make a podcast where some people could just come on, uh, give their opinions of it, Maybe give a bit of insight into it. And if there is neutral fans of Marvel or DC or you're not, you're a fan of both and you may be interested to hear what other people have to say about potentially one or the other, make sure you're there to give it a listen. Follow me on Twitter, like I said. Get all the notifications for it and that's where they'll they'll, they'll find that coming soon. And the links are in the description below on YouTube to, to Brad's Twitter and uh, the YouTube version of the podcast as well. So the, they are available to click on there. I will see you tomorrow at six o'clock, young man, when uh, we should be doing Gareth's job for him. Yeah, yeah. And as I may have already stated on the comments mm. of it, already my team is, is controversial. I, <laughs> I'll i speak to you about that afterwards unless you've got to shoot off um, about that. Why it'd be even more I have got to shoot off and I'm okay for a couple of seconds. So we can't yeah, it won't be long. To be honest with you, it's do we go with the... Um, if you you know if you're playing well for your club, you are in the team, or do we go for the well? You haven't let us down for England, so you're in the team. We will find yeah. out. We will, we will be see. We've got, we've got 23 know, players to pick, so it could be could be like six o'clock tomorrow on this channel. Don't touch the dial. Thanks very much, Brad, and uh, speak to you in a second and see you tomorrow on the show. Yeah, I'll see you tomorrow and speak to you in a minute, mate. Cheers, mate. Take care. So thanks for Brad. Um, yeah, one all, one all. Now, um, yeah, picking the squad tomorrow Sunday. I don't usually do a show if we've not got a match on a Sunday. But I thought, what the hell? I did the I did the watch along for the draw. What a great group! Uh, I was actually talking to a Scots uh, a Scottish guy this morning. Obviously, he's a he's a he's a, he's a Scotland football fan, and I'm saying to him, you know, I think why should I want Wales or Scotland? to get through i don't i'm an england fan and i want scotland and wales to fall flat on the face just as i mean let's be honest with you 
if we were playing Russia tomorrow, and Russia's not the most popular place in the world at the moment, Scottish fans would still want Russia to beat us. So why should we start saying, yeah, come on, Wales, come on, Scotland. I want Ukraine to come through. I've got to be honest with you. And I know it's a not, not a good situation because obviously when the players, everybody want Ukraine to win. But Ukraine first or second or us first, then second. I'd take that now. Tomorrow, six o'clock. I'm going to have one planned. We're going to do a, a draw. Um, and I, I don't know whether Brad's going to want to be included in that or not because, of course, North Macedonia won't be in the draw this time. But we're going to do one of the uh, simulated who's going to win the World Cups and uh, see if we can force it to be... Uh, not North Macedonia. Well, it can't be, can it? Thanks very much. Thanks for watching. And if you've been listening on your favourite podcast uh, platform, thank you so much for listening. We appreciate you as well. And like I say, please, if you're on YouTube, Lester Till I Die TV. If you haven't, please subscribe, smash the likes and share the video. I'm off. I'm going to have a nice beer and uh, I might even watch Match of the Day tonight. Who knows? Thanks very much for watching. Thanks very much for listening. Goodbye now. Thanks for watching Lester Till I Die. This is Chris saying goodbye and see you next time. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.